Hey there, and welcome to High Vibe In It. I'm Lindsay Robinson, hypnotherapist and success mindset expert. And I'm Kelsey Aida, inspirational author and blogger slash manifesting expert. And we're best friends who are inspired to create a self-development podcast with a spiritual twist. To us, living a high vibe life is all about creating with intention, prioritizing how you feel, and making empowered choices that support your highest potential. Every week, we're here to help you learn how to live a more aligned, inspired life, start owning your power, and manifest the life of your dreams. Visit highvibeinit.com to connect with us on social media and learn about more ways we can help. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now, we have a ton of value to offer you today, so let's dive in. I'm going to take away from this retreat pure happiness, new friends, new amazing friends, and the confidence to live my life again. My favorite part, because it's the most important part, is the healing. I don't remember a time when I was more embraced and cradled and there was an angel in every single woman in this group for me. Every person deserves to have this experience, to have this awakening and to feel fulfilled in their life. I could not have asked for a better six days of my life. You become a better person, you meet awesome people, you go home with a whole new tribe of soul sisters. If you're thinking about doing this, do it. There's no reason not to. What you just heard were the experiences of some of the amazing women who attended my last Radical Self-Love Retreat, and I have great news! I'm now accepting applications for my upcoming retreat. We are going back to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico to do it all over again this October 2021. So grab a friend and reserve your space before it fills up. It is time to love yourself like never before in paradise. You can join me at kelseyaida.com slash retreat. Hope to see you there. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here and listening to High Vibe In It, the podcast where myself, Kelsey, and my bestie, Lindsay, we help you to manifest your best life, to heal, to up-level, to grow, and to enjoy. And today we have a really awesome guest on. I'm super excited to introduce you all to Sam Brown because she helps coach perfectionists. And I think we can all to some degree or another relate to this struggle. And I'm sure if you saw the title and clicked on this podcast, you have had some sort of relationship with your inner perfectionist, probably not the best one. So today we'll help you work through that and work on that. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Really excited to chat to you guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I guess a great way to start off the show is, Lindsay, if you could introduce a little bit how you got Sam on the show, I think people would be interested to hear that backstory. And then we can go into like your, um, I don't want to say triumph, but your evolving relationship with your perfectionism and how you got started helping people. Sam, is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure. So I actually got Sam's name from one of my previous clients who said, you have to have her on the podcast. She's exactly the type that would have a lot of great things to say to the people that you talk to every week. So I was like, okay, I'll look into her. And I don't think it's related at all, but somehow she ended up working with me and like, she approached me as like, 
to work with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so funny because you're coming on the podcast at some point. <laughs> so, so we kind of just like connected from there. And uh, I just, I just love Sam to death. You're the best. And I think that the way that you help people like examine where they could maybe be not hurting themselves, but doing themselves a disservice with perfectionism, how it can be like a hindrance versus, versus a, a skill or an asset uh, is just so powerful. And we didn't really work too much. Did we, did we work on perfectionism? We worked on a few things. I don't know if that was one of them. I'm trying to remember. It was like way back in 2020 apocalyptic times. <laughs> I don't think we worked specifically on perfectionism stuff, but we definitely worked on related things like me wanting to be in control of stuff, which comes back to perfectionism. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it can always be in the background. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's all related. It's it's a control enthusiasm, right? Um, so so let's just I guess start with what do people what are they feeling when they come to you? How do they know that you're the person that can help them? Like what's going on with you know their business or their mindset where they're just like something has to change? Yeah. So when people get often actually they don't realize they're a perfectionist, and we could kind of talk a bit about what perfectionism really is because there's so many misconceptions around it. And as Kelsey had said, and you as well, Lindsay, that a lot of people think that they're succeeding because they're a perfectionist. And a lot of times people are actually yeah. succeeding in spite of perfectionism. And so really understanding what that is, is what I help people do initially. And then they'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm a perfectionist. And that's and I've been getting in my own way and procrastinating and overthinking and I'm a people pleaser and I'm scared of judgment and and burning out <laughs> burning out for sure <laughs> burning out and so there's a sense of relief and this is what I had when I've gone through my own journey with it of realizing oh it's not that there's anything wrong with me it's this mindset just a set of beliefs that other people have as well and it's just a matter of learning how to get that perfectionist mindset on your side initially while you're doing the work on it and then eventually getting fully into a growth mindset rather than being in the perfectionist mindset that can have you then getting out of your own way and following through and being able to trust yourself and so yeah when people come to me they're really getting in their own way and falling off the wagon with things and it's very frustrating for them because they have so much potential. They're smart, they're intelligent, they know that they were made to do amazing things and yet they can't get themselves no matter how hard they try to stay motivated or how much willpower they use, they just can't get themselves to do the things that they know they need to do. Nice. Yeah. That Can you sounds tell us? like Oh, go ahead. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like such a common it really is such a common thing. I know there's people like, "Oh my gosh, perfectionist although they might already know you know I just think that sometimes they don't and it takes that description for them to be like hmm I'm I like how you said I'm succeeding in spite of because that was me so to a T I'm successful in spite of the fact that I spent three hours trying to find the perfect color for my website and obsessing because it wasn't exactly right you know what I mean like that's one example but there's so many um, that can like hold you back. So I'm glad that you said in spite of, cause that's important. <laughs> yeah. And if we could just talk for a second about what perfectionism is, because I talked about yeah. how it manifests and the way that someone might realize that they are having 
perfectionism problems but really there's so many misunderstandings around perfectionism because people think that perfectionists are the people who actually manage to be perfect and so a lot of people won't Mm. realize they're a perfectionist because they're like well I'm so disorganized I procrastinate there's no way I can be a perfectionist and perfectionism is really about shame it's a way that we protect ourselves from feeling shame so Yes, there's trying to perfect things and control things, but the other side of perfectionism is trying to avoid anything that's imperfect because if Uh we don't look perfect and have everything be perfect, we're going to feel shame. So that means procrastination, falling off the wagon as soon as things aren't looking right and all of that side of thing, a lot of perfectionism is actually withholding effort because we think if we put a full yes. effort into something and it fails, then I'm really a failure. But if I didn't put a full effort in, so maybe I procrastinated, then if you didn't do well, you can say, oh, well, it's because I procrastinated. And I know when I was studying, that was a huge part of things. I would procrastinate until the last minute. I had a full blown story that that's when I did my best work. If you looked at my evidence for that, there was a lot of it there. But the truth was that I was so scared to put a full effort in in case I didn't do well, because I had such an identity around being smart and intelligent. So if I procrastinated and I did well, I could be like, oh, imagine how well I would have done if I didn't procrastinate. And then if I didn't do well, I could have said, well, I would have done better if I didn't procrastinate. So a lot of perfectionism is around withholding effort and avoiding really putting that full effort into anything that might be imperfect. And unfortunately, whenever we're trying to do anything new, anything we haven't done before, that is going to be a problem that we don't want to put a full effort in. And we're always trying to withhold effort. And sometimes it's not as obvious as just scrolling through Instagram or watching Netflix. It can be prioritizing the unimportant stuff. As you said, Lindsay, spending three hours (laughs) choosing a color for a website is a classic example of how it'll show up. And then we feel busy and productive without feeling vulnerable. And so really understanding that perfectionism a is just a mindset like we're not saying the word perfectionist to put a label on someone and say you're always going to be this way and it's really just the way that we're thinking and often it's only really in certain areas of life that it will come up the most so people will be in more of a growth mindset which is at the other end of the spectrum in maybe in a hobby or different things but then usually surrounding intelligence or like so business school anything where we might not look as smart as we think we are or or people have praised us for being is where perfectionism tends to come up the most and we're really just trying to protect ourselves from shame I'm really glad we're talking about how it manifests and I want to talk a little bit about too like elaborate on what you were saying that it the root for a lot of people is an attempt to avoid shame Um, And I think it's also for a lot of people like a wound from the past of attempting to avoid abandonment because a lot of people experience people leaving them or not showing up for them. And then they create this story and they make it mean, well, if I was better, if I was more perfect, then they would have stayed or I would have got my needs met or they would have loved me more. And like, especially if something like that happens to you when you're a child, like you can't really comprehend that it's not about you. So you make it about you, right? It's like, oh, if my parents got divorced, like maybe that wouldn't have happened if I was a better kid. And then that could manifest in like over perfectionism and like 
coping mechanisms usually have an expiry date. So what we're talking about is like your coping mechanism. At first, it helps you to get what you need. That's why it started. It didn't start for no reason. It started for a good reason and it was working. But then usually when it becomes more extreme and then it starts to hurt you and become of detriment, that's when we need to really evaluate it and see, okay, what was the value of this part of me that's crazy about perfectionism? What is the value that I can keep from it? Because it's a part of you. You can't just like not be a perfectionist. If you have like an inner perfectionist, you can't just like disown that part. But what you can do is, you know, really look at it and even negotiate it with it or explain to it and kind of get it on board with you and your life. And I think like with my clients and stuff, we really figure out how to harmonize like you and your perfectionist part. Like, what does it want for you? And you just said it wants you to avoid feeling shame. Like how nice of that part of you to try and keep you from feeling pain. And from that perspective, you can really love it for its good intention. And then you can be like, well, I am the boss of my life. I'm an adult and I can consciously choose if I want to act this out in certain areas of my life or not. Yeah. And it's really... um it's unfortunate that perfectionism is born in so many ways. It's, it's, it's almost unavoidable because growing up you think, and it almost always happens in childhood, almost always. Uh, parents, we love them so much, but unfortunately they, there's no handbook for being a parent. And if you're, you know, we think the classic example is like, well, you got a B, but you could have got an A, you know, that's, that's a very obvious example, but another example could be good jobbing your kid to death. Good job. Good job. You did so good. Wow. Wow. So now you're making the bar at, I always must do a good job or I'm less than, or I always must, this is where I got to be at all times. I'm not allowed to do anything less than a good job. So that was a wake up call for me. I'm a mom. And I say good job to my kids all the time. I'm like, Oh crap. I'm supposed to be so mindful and like conscious. And you just can't be perfect all the time. Even parents, you know, we, no one can. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a dance, right? So what, if, if anybody's wondering what to say instead, you know, this is the end of the article that I read was instead of saying good job, you can just say, did you try your best? Yes. Okay. That's, that's wonderful. Great. You know, great for trying your best. Just encourage them to always do their best and not great job them to death because yeah, we all kind of fall into that trap, but there's so many ways that this can be uh, created, right? There's so many inadvertent pitfalls that you can fall into that will teach you, oh, it's, I'm never enough. It's never enough. I got to do more. I got to do this. I got to make sure that I'm here at all times. So what, I guess, what is one of the most important things people need to realize about perfectionism to begin to kind of shift that for themselves? Hey guys. So as some of you might know, I have two cats. Um, I have tried, you know, getting the best litter for them and changing it out here and there. I have one cat that does not care what kind of litter he uses. The other one is very, very picky. So that's why we're so happy today to talk about Pretty Litter. If you haven't heard of it, you need to know more about this. So Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low maintenance litter that doesn't smell. And I can actually attest to this. The low, the odor is so low compared to basically every other litter I've tried. And Pretty Litter is virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with specialized de-dusting process, um, less dust and no fuss, also very, very true. Listen, when I changed this out for my cats, they both took to it so easy. It basically looks so, it is very pretty. It looks like sand. It works like a charm. 
They love it and I love it. Pretty Litter arrives safely at my door in a small lightweight bag and lasts up to a month, depending on how many cats you have. Usually one bag will last that long. Now that I get litter bags auto-shipped, I don't need to deal with last-minute trips to the store, which is such a relief, and shipping is free. But above all else, here's why Pretty Litter is pet parent hero, because it has health indicators. Pretty Litter monitors my cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues, so you won't find that kind of innovation in conventional litter. It actually changes color based on what could be going on with your cat, so it's a super huge thing that I haven't seen anywhere else. You guys definitely need to try this. Yeah. I mean, if I had a cat, I would definitely try it. I don't, but if I did, <laughs> I would definitely use Pritter, Pritter Litter, Pretty Litter, litter cuz it sounds like, I mean, even just the whole going to the store as a small person lifting heavy bags <laughs> in and out of my car. Just that alone has sold me that they're going to deliver it to my door like, yes, please. That sounds way better. So, get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code vibin for 20% off your first order that's prettylitter.com promo code vibin for 20% off prettylitter.com promo code vibin yeah so with that i think one of the most important things well there are many but a really helpful one um, is to learn about the growth mindset which is what you were speaking yes. to. Uh, when you were talking about, you know, not saying good job as a form of praise, but instead praising other things that for me, when I, on my journey with perfectionism, it was like putting all these pieces of the puzzle together because it took me ages to even realize that it was perfectionism. I never identified as a perfectionist and then learning different bits and pieces and understanding how they all fit in. And I love talking about perfectionism because it's so frustrating. The advice that's out there about perfectionism. Just remember, nobody's perfect. Done is better than perfect. Like right. we get it, we get it. But I'm still spending three hours trying to choose the color for my website. So, like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. So, when I learned about the growth mindset, which is a concept that Dr. Carol Dweck created, and her mm -hmm. book Mindset goes into that. Uh, but when I learned about that, it finally clicked together that instead of needing to focus on not being a perfectionist, I could focus on getting into a growth mindset. And yeah. I didn't have to be all the way into a growth mindset to be able to start getting out of my own way and showing up how I wanted to show up. And if I could focus on that, because it gives you something to actually do and do. actually yeah. afterwards, instead of trying to not be something, which is so hard, like, well, what do I do instead? And like when people are like, oh, you know, you don't just don't care about what other people think. Just stop caring. Oh, right. right. Cool. Thanks. Oh, done. <laughs> Got okay, it. cool. It's like, I know, but how? And so yeah, getting into the growth mindset and doing those things will get us out of that perfectionist mindset. And so what I really help people do is get their perfectionist mindset on their side, which is what you're talking about, Kelsey, so that they can really mm -hmm. not have it getting in their own way. But then ultimately what we want to do is get into that growth mindset and really understanding. So first of all, the growth mindset doesn't mean you love self-help books and podcasts like this. And when I first heard about the growth mindset, I thought for sure I have one because I'm so into personal development. I love personal growth. Like I have a growth mindset. And then when I heard what it actually is, I realized that I had the fixed mindset, which is the perfectionist mindset. And so just if I could go into that a bit, I think it might be helpful because when you can fully see, oh, this is actually the alternative to that. And it also means that then you're not thinking, okay, I have to be in this perfectionist mindset forever. It'll like, 
as you guys know, our brains love thinking the same thoughts over and over again. So there's probably going to be thoughts that keep coming up, but we can focus on getting into that growth mindset and having that be a foundation of doing the work on getting out of your own way and, and doing the work with perfectionism instead of all these tactics to just manage perfectionism you can actually just get into the growth mindset and the perfectionist tendencies will just kind of subside and eventually disappear so if you mm -hmm. want to go in that direction we can talk more about what that looks like but that's really important to be looking at the growth mindset yeah. I think that'd be a great place to go. Tell us what it is, because I think it's really important that you brought up that we have to replace the old habits with new habits. We can't just say, I'm going to stop doing this without replacing it with something better. Yeah. So I really like that approach. And yeah, give us the definition and kind of what it looks like. Yeah, sure. So this is all Dr. Carol Dweck. And again, the book Mindset is a really great resource for this. So she talks about there being the fixed mindset, which is what perfectionists have, and the growth mindset. So in the fixed mindset, we believe that our intelligence, our abilities, and our talents are fixed, that they can't be changed. And when we're in that mindset and we believe that we're kind of just, everything's predetermined, essentially, like how smart we are, that then everything becomes us trying to create more evidence that we are good enough naturally and effortlessly. And for perfectionists, there's a lot of fear of wasted effort that we don't want to do things that might not end up in the result because our identity is so attached only to the result rather than the process that if we don't get the result we want quickly enough, we think, oh, it's going to be a waste of effort. And we see in that mindset, effort is a sign of inadequacy. So if you're putting an effort in, it means that you're lacking in natural ability and talent. Mm -hmm. And as Lindsay was saying, that the praise we get from so many well-meaning and loving people really helps put us in that fixed mindset. And um, Dr. Carol Dweck talks about how you can actually frame things to put even children as young as like three or four years old into a fixed or growth mindset based on how you praise and how you present different tasks. But when we are really praising for intelligence, and the mm -hmm. results only, as Lindsay said, that's when we're like, okay, I have to do a good job all the time. And people only love me because I'm doing a good job. And it means that, again, we don't want to waste effort. And so we really withhold from doing things because in the fixed mindset, you live with the mantra that it's better to not try than to fail. Right. Growth mindset, that's when people really understand and live by the mantra that it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. So someone in the fixed mindset of perfectionist would be like, oh yeah, failure is part of the journey and can repeat back all the things about, you know, get comfortable, being uncomfortable, all those things, but they're living by it's better to not try than it is to fail. But in the growth mindset, someone's really embodying that mindset of it's better to try and fail than to have never tried at all. And they really see effort um, as something that's valuable and worthwhile and the journey and the process is important and they don't just intellectually understand that they're really willing to engage with the ups and downs of the learning process because they see their abilities talents intelligence as being able to be improved upon with effort and with practice and they don't have all of their self-worth wrapped up in the results that they're creating or how productive they are. So they're willing to actually show up fully. And the beautiful thing about the growth mindset 
is that not only when you get into the growth mindset, do you actually enjoy the journey to what, like to where you're going to your goals, but you achieve more because you're willing to show up mm-hmm. fully and you're not getting in your own way and trying to avoid wasted effort or trying to look like everything's natural and effortless all the time. So when you're in that growth mindset, and I like to think of it like a spectrum that you're kind of somewhere along that spectrum and you can move closer and closer. It's not all or nothing. It's not like you're in the fixed mindset only or in the growth mindset only. We're all somewhere on that spectrum, depending on the beliefs we have. And we're just wanting to get closer and closer and closer to that growth minded end of the spectrum. Because when we do that, we're able to show up fully. We're able to actually put ourselves out there and do all the things that we want to do. But people will also have a different place on that spectrum in different areas of life. So there's um, business, for example, and school, there's hobbies that you might have. There's also relationships, there's health and fitness. And so it can be really helpful to identify if people are thinking like, how can I actually start to get into the growth mindset to identify an area of life, or it might be even just as one specific project or task or hobby where you have been in a growth mindset, where you have been willing to keep trying, even though it's not working and you don't have your self-worth tied to how well it's going and all of that. And to look at the thoughts that you're having around that area of life or that project or task, because it's then a matter of just applying that same kind of thinking to the area that you are wanting to be more growth-minded, which again, typically for the people I work with, it's business. um, And also it comes up a lot in schooling as well, anywhere where it's related to intelligence. Mm, Yes, girl. Preach. I really love that. (laughs) How, well, you explained it so well, even though it's not your concept in your book. So kudos on that. But also I love it because the thing about the universe is it's always expanding. And if you want to live your best life, you have to live in harmony with nature because you are nature. You are a mirror of the universe. You are the universe, however you want to look at it. And a fixed mindset is basically resisting your nature for growth, Mm -hmm. right? So everything you are explaining is like, this is the end. This is finite. This is done, but that's not how it works, right? So the growth mindset is living in alignment with nature, being open to progressing, expanding, growing, seeing things different, doing things different. And ultimately what I also heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that your relationship with failure is everything. And what do you make it mean about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important, the relationship with failure, because really in that fixed mindset, that's we're trying to avoid failure, not because like initially I thought perfectionism and being in that mindset is fear of failure. And a lot of people will talk about perfectionism as being fear of rejection. And also Kelsey mentioned abandonment, but underneath all of those things are shame and ultimately that's what we're trying to avoid but with failure because of the way that society currently praises people in the media for being talented and for being like a natural born talent and then most of us have had very well-meaning parents who have praised us for being smart and for getting A's that we have then decided failing isn't an option So if I might fail, I actually need to just avoid putting in a full effort so that I don't have to really feel and connect with that failure. I can say, oh no, it's because I didn't try my hardest that I failed. And then when we're doing that, it is so hard to succeed. (laughs) Like that cliche of you really succeed 
through a bunch of failures. Mm -hmm. But when we're not willing to engage with failure because of the story we have about what it means about us, it's so hard to put ourselves out there and actually do the things we want to do. And that's how smart, intelligent people with a whole lot of potential end up not actually reaching that potential because we're so scared of, well, what if I fail at that? What will people think? And ultimately, what will I think about myself? Right. right. Because that's, that's the worst one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the question for everyone listening is, what are you making the results of your life mean about you? And what if you could live in a way where your results, you didn't tie them to your worth. Your worth was completely separate from mm-hmm. whatever you're creating or doing or succeeding at or failing at. What if your worth was just because you are you and it had nothing right. to do with what you're producing in the world? Yeah. Think on that because that feels good. I don't know how you feel in your body when you think of that possibility, but I feel good about it. <laughs> and like if for some people hearing that, it, it really might be like so foreign, but just pretend for five seconds, you know, what if it try were it possible that you could just, yeah, try it on. What if it were possible? Like how good would it feel even just for a moment? Um, I really, I did not, I know about the growth mindset. My kids are actually learning it in school, which is so cool that they're doing that. Um, but I didn't know there was a book that went along with it. I think I, I think I really want to get it. And I would encourage all, especially parents, dude, I am one of the biggest, can I say failures? No, uh, I'm one of the, I'm one of the biggest like examples of somebody who is, you know, I like to think of myself as very conscious. I like to think of myself as not falling into the same traps as, you know, parents who are, could be described as asleep would do. Um, but you know, we all have those things. And I think it'd be a really great thing for everyone to read this book and just see like where in your life you might be doing things that you don't even know that you're doing. Um, recently I told my five-year-old just turned five. I said, I've been trying to teach him like, you know, that practice makes perfect practice makes perfect. I don't say that I say practice makes better. Right. And so anytime he does something that's that I, that's that he did really well, you know, he's been trying to like put his dishes away and rinse them out and think, you know, things like big kids do. And I say, great job, bud. You did that. So perfect. And he goes, nothing's perfect, mommy. (laughs) And I'm like, you're right. You did. That was a really good job rinsing your dish. Well done, sir. I mean, even he's just like, I don't like that word. Like he's so averse to the word. And I hope that that's a good thing. I don't, I don't really know how it's going to manifest in the future, but for now he knows that like, there's no such thing as perfect. And it's just, it's, you know, we're, we're going to do as good as we can, I guess. Oh, yeah, and a really helpful way to get into the growth mindset. One of the um, ways to do that, there are many, but process praise and praising Mm -hmm. courage or praising specific things. So in that instance saying, wow, I love how, um, how much thought you put into where each of the things go in the dishwasher, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, really praising how someone's engaging with the process rather than we're just all in the habit of yeah, good job, good job. And yeah, man. Job, and that was amazing. And it feels like that's going to be helpful for them and that we're really encouraging them. And we're like, oh, but if we didn't say that kind of stuff, but really when then we're praising ourselves, because a lot of us, and when I'm coaching in my group program, a lot of people are like, but it feels weird to praise myself. It's like, well, you talk down to yourself all the time. It's just like, it's not like you're not having a conversation with yourself. But I think yeah. 
oh, it'd be weird to just talk to myself like and praise You're myself. already doing it. <laughs> you're already doing it and saying, oh my God, of course, you're never good enough. Da, da, da. Like mm-hmm. perfectionists, 100%. And I think it's just a human condition. We have that conversation with ourselves all the time going on. And so it's just a matter of really mixing in, having that praise be process-based. And that doesn't mean not to celebrate results or anything like that. It's not all or nothing with it, but it's really focusing like, I'm so proud of how courageous I was with going live on Instagram, for example, or whatever it is, instead of saying, oh, cool. One person showed up. That sucked. That was like, I'm never going to do that again. Gosh, that sounds like me. (laughs) I'll see. No, Lindsay, the old you, every moment is a new opportunity to be born again. When I say it sounds like me, what I really do, I am, I can actually say that I am very proud of how away from that behavior I have gotten. And and it's always a process, but uh, you're describing me in 2017. You really are. When I started my digital version of my business, everything, that's when I spend three hours on a color. That's when I would be mad that I didn't achieve the, the result that I, that I wanted right away. Like, it's just, it's, it's me. And I know that there are people listening. That's like, yes, that sounds like me right now. And, and it's, it's not, you're not alone. This is so common and it's such a big obstacle, but that's why we have people like Sam and a little bit people like me and Kelsey. I mean, I, I don't work with perfectionism all the time, but it's definitely something that we, we do work with, with hypnosis. And, and uh, there are many, many ways to evolve, <laughs> to grow. Hey, check it out to grow. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but I've basically, or I should say I've been trying to give it up because I realized that it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. And then the spirit of high vibe in it, of course, we would prefer to eat more high vibe foods. Luckily, we have found a super awesome cereal for you guys called Magic Spoon, and it is the most high vibe cereal, I would argue, out there. And it tastes just like the stuff that's horrible for you, except it's great for you. So it's a win-win. It has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It is only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. We've got exciting news too because Magic Spoon is relaunching their blueberry favor, which is favor, flavor, flavor, which is one of the favorite flavors, which is now back in stock after being sold out because everybody loves this cereal. I mean, it was pretty good. So you also can build your own box. The available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon actually ships there as well. So you're good to go. If you guys want to try this amazing, amazing magic cereal, it really is. Go to magicspoon.com slash vibin to grab some blueberry or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our promo code V-I-B-I-N, VIBIN at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. I feel like I should mention also, I have three boys and two out of three are very, very picky and they love this cereal. So if you're like me and you're looking for something that uh, needs to be more nutritious for your littles, this is great. 
Remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash V-I-B-I-N and use the code VIBIN to save $5 off. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of evolution and for a lot of people that involves actually showing up as who you really are and mm-hmm. being your true self. And for me, that was when my perfectionism really started being a problem because it had been there throughout school and all of that, but I'd done well, the schooling system's kind of set up so you can be a perfectionist about things as in leaving things to the last minute and not actually carrying a few lines stuff and you can still do really well. But once I found out about the world of online business and I started my blog in 2013 and I was talking then about personal development and how to make the most of your twenties is initially how I started. I was 22 and that was me actually being the most true expression Mm -hmm. of myself I had ever been in my life and that was what really got me into that perfectionist way of thinking like it brought it all up to the surface I'm so grateful it did but it brought it all up because at least when I was working in accounting or doing all those things I was like well it's not the real me so if someone doesn't like me yes who I actually am yep when I started talking about things I truly loved and I was truly passionate about, and I wasn't even sharing all these like opinion pieces or anything, I was writing like two sentences and linking to a video that someone else created that it brought up all of that Uh perfectionist thinking because I was so scared of feeling that shame of what if people see who I really am and they don't like it. Because Uh again, if they like the not real me, then it doesn't feel as bad. And that's why a lot of us, kind of just dilute and distort who we are so that we're never really fully able to be rejected. But yeah. when I started this and for a lot of people with online business, or there are many ways, like whenever we're just being a true expression of ourselves, it really can bring up those perfectionist tendencies in a way that it hasn't been brought up before. And for me, for example, I had my blog from my now fiance and from my friends and family. I was just so scared of what they would think about me being into personal development and me thinking I could actually share an opinion with the world about that when I basically knew nothing about it. And I would just put up a blog post and then edit it after it had already gone live and just like all these different things that I was just so scared to fully be seen and the shame underneath that, that I would feel if someone didn't like that. And then I would tell myself, like the shame would come from the story. I would tell myself about, oh, I'm not good enough. And then that was just such a a important part. And so for a lot of people, it'll come up when they really start to put themselves out there and decide that they're going to actually do what they want to do, that this stuff will come up and like, oh, like, mm-hmm. damn it. like, what is this all going on? So it's very common and just understanding that it comes up for a lot of people. And as Kelsey had said in childhood, that we make a decision that we need to be perfect. And for me, it really kind of like the scenario you described was what had happened for me that my mom died of breast cancer when I was 11. And I had made that mean that I was abandoned. It took me until I was like 26 to even realize that I had created that story around it. I, cause I was like, no, she died from cancer. Like that she didn't abandon me, but in my child's mind, I had made that story and I had decided that I needed to be perfect and avoid being imperfect. So that would never happen again. But for some people, it's not a traumatic experience like that. It's a teacher making a comment or a friend, or like it can look in so many different ways, but there'll be some kind of significant emotional event that we will decide, I never want to feel this way again. Mm -hmm. And being perfect and avoiding imperfection will make sure I never feel that way again. 
And then we kind of just bring that into our adult life completely unchecked. <laughs> and then we put ourselves out there and it starts to- And it's funny because out. you are essentially rejecting yourself anyway <laughs> by doing this. Right. Like and we're not escaping anything, y'all. <laughs> and the irony, yeah, you're right. You are rejecting yourself when you're like, I'm going to present this curated version or this, you know, not all the parts of me just selectively show certain parts. Yeah. And the really, really detrimental part of that is that you'll never have true love, authentic right. connection, intimacy, because people will fall in love with these fake parts of you or these selective parts of you, and they won't actually see you. If you want people to connect with you and love you for you, you have to let them see who you actually mm -hmm. are. And if you're not willing to be vulnerable, you're not going to make space for that opportunity at all. So yeah, you might be quote unquote, protecting yourself from the risk of getting hurt, but you're guaranteeing that you'll never have connection, which is going to hurt you more in the long yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of those ironies with perfectionism. So many. A good example is with goal setting because perfectionists and their relationship with themselves, they don't trust themselves, have made promises to themselves and let themselves down a lot in the past. So they're like, well, I don't want to set a big goal because it's just going to end in disappointment. But by not actually setting a goal, you just create disappointment ahead of time because it's disappointing <laughs> exactly. not to be potential. And so there's so many times where we're trying to avoid, as you said, rejection, all these different things. And we're and shame, especially like that's the ultimate irony. Perfectionists feel a lot of shame because they're shaming themselves. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing is to avoid shame. And so <laughs> it just doesn't, it's it's so interesting how our brains work. And it's like, well, if I'm the one creating the shame, it's not as bad as if it's like, yeah mean to me quote unquote is how we might experience it and we have at least control over feeling that shame because I'm shaming myself so no one else can shame me as bad as I'm shaming myself mm -hmm. but then if the whole thing's to avoid shame we're feeling shame anyway we may as well actually Doesn't do the things we do and like it's going to be part of the human experience to feel that shame but we may as well feel it from putting ourselves out there and going after what we want instead of just yeah shaming ourselves for not being good enough yet again it's yeah. like saying, it's like that saying, like better the enemy, you know, than the enemy, you don't know. It's better the pain that, you know, than the pain that you don't know yet, <laughs> you know, well, which, all, you know, it all ties back to the whole, like what you resist persists. Cause in every single example yeah. we just gave, you're trying to avoid something, but instead of actually avoiding it, you're just self-inflicting it. it, which is horrible. <laughs> you see how powerful you are guys. Yes. Everyone listening. This is how powerful you are. Okay. <laughs> You're it's a lot of power. It. A lot so of much power. power. Use it for good. <laughs> I mean, use it however you want. Clearly you can, which we've all been doing. So now it's time to look in the mirror and really take decide control. how do you want to use it? Oh, so yeah. your free Maybe will don't take in. control. That's like a bad way to say it. Take control of your power. That's the problem. It's too much control. Wrong terminology control. for the perfectionists. <laughs> God. Oh, surrender. Really I don't know. Is that a word for, for a perfectionist to surrender? Sam, would you say allow that surrender? Yeah. And I think I can't remember. Did we work on surrender? But surrender is something Love that it. a perfectionist does not want to hear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We it's have had this conversation. You and I, yeah, yes. I remember we had this conversation. That have I it like, again on it. <laughs> I'm just trying to control everything. So yeah, surrender is such an important part of it. And it can be challenging when your MO has been to control everything. 
to then be in that place of surrender and allowing things to unfold. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a practice for a perfectionist to really, and the more we get into the growth mindset, the more we're willing to have that surrender, but to surrender and yeah, just release the need to control things, but it can really feel like completely uncharted territory in terms of that, of like, but what do you mean? Just surrender. And then there can be all this, these thoughts of like, well, if I do that, is everything just going to completely fall apart? And there's not that trust in yourself or in the universe or that kind of thing. So it can feel very scary to do that when there's a lack of trust there, Uh that surrendering won't mean just everything's going to be completely horrible. And for a lot of people who are perfectionists, surrender sounds like fail (laughs) yes surrender sounds like fail it sounds like giving up it sounds like all the things that it isn't surrendering is just like you said it's it's allowing that trust that you are being held and you are being taken care of and you don't have to do it all you can't anyway but you really don't have to you know yeah um just on that as well if i may mm -hmm. um something else that relates to the the growth mindset something practical that people can do that people will resist. I know listening to this as they're a perfectionist because it's like surrender. You don't want to hear it. Um, but something I teach in my group coaching program, Perfectionist Getting Shit Done is a method called power planning. And part of that is clean rest, which is resting without guilt. Because when yeah. we're in that perfectionist mindset, our whole self-worth is based on the results we're creating. But a lot of time it's not even the result. It's just the feeling of being productive. Mm-hmm. If we're not feeling productive, then we feel guilty because I could be doing more. And if I'm doing more, then I'll be more. And so part of getting into that growth mindset and really connecting with who you are when you're not in that perfectionist mindset is putting space in your calendar for clean rest, resting without guilt. And ideally in that time, not just doing all the productive things for the other areas of your life. Like, cool, I'm going to have some clean rest for my business. So now I'm going to clean the whole house. (laughs) Can I, okay. I have to stop you because number one, I have to go pick up my kids from school. And number two, I literally did this today because Kelsey was like, you know, the episode's going to be out a little later today. And I was like, all right, cool. I got a few hours. Abel's going to go work on the yard. Guess who's out there shoveling, putting grass in the backyard right up until this call. I'm like lifting these pallets of grass and like, I'm so tired. You guys don't even understand. I'm exhausted, but I feel really good because I did a lot, but like, shouldn't I have just been like resting? I was given this time and I filled it with things. And, and it's so classic that people do that. Anyway, I want you to finish your thought, but I really do have to run. Um, schedule's weird today, guys. I'm sorry I have to duck out early, but I have to go pick up my kids. You guys have a wonderful conversation. I will be listening to it later because I, I love this conversation. But uh, Sam, I will catch up with you soon. Kelsey, love you to death. I will see you both very soon, okay? Peace out. Everyone else, we're staying on the call, guys. The podcast continues. Bye. So yeah, Sam, there was something I wanted to say to comment on what you were saying, but now it has basically escaped me. So whatever you were about to say, go for it. (laughs) Yeah, with clean rest, resting without guilt, often we will just try and fill our day with more and more things that make us feel productive because we're like, well, Mm -hmm. if I'm being productive, then maybe I can end up being good enough, basically is the way we have it connected our mind. And if you can begin to put some clean rest in your calendar, my recommendation is always to put more in your calendar than you're comfortable with, but to have that place for clean rest and actually figure out what you like besides being productive. 
That's and a great question. working on business. Like, who are you when you're not getting shit done? And that brings up for a perfectionist, a lot of uncertainty and like, but I just like, and it's so easy to be like, but I just like being productive. That's just who I am. And I'm just going to keep feeding that. But when our whole identity is around being productive, that's what keeps us really being in that fixed mindset because we're thinking if I'm not good enough, if I'm not productive, then I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And my whole self-worth is attached to my output and how well I do it things. And I might not be able to actually do this perfect. So I need to avoid putting in full effort and all that kind of stuff. So if we can develop an identity for ourselves that doesn't involve being productive and the, the way to do that is you have a clean rest and that creates a void that we'll want to fill as Lindsay had said mm-hmm. with productive things because we're like, oh, we just, you know, I feel guilty not being productive and I kind of like it. I've just gotten used to it. So I want to do the things, but to actually figure out who am I when I'm not being productive? What do I actually like doing for fun? Which for a perfectionist, like for fun, like why would I do anything for <laughs> what fun? What is fun? <laughs> to try and be good enough. So to really look at like, what do I actually like doing and building on that instead of then just, you know, not having an answer to that question is a challenging question. So we can just fill it, but instead allowing that void to be there and really exploring that when we can then identify why we are actually worthy and deserving and all of that beyond being productive, then we're more willing to show up when we are doing the things we want to be productive around because we're not like, well, this is my whole identity. And this really comes up a lot in business. We're like, I just love working on the business and I want to be successful. And I love being productive and I feel guilty when I'm resting. So I'll just spend all my time in the business or if I'm not working on the business, I'll at least be thinking about the business. And then it means we're just so attached. If the business is doing well, we're doing well. If the business isn't doing well, right. we're not doing well. And that it's it's very challenging to really show up fully when we're so attached to the outcomes of just one particular area of life, but to have space to actually explore who am I beyond productivity? Again, it's like surrender. Perfectionists don't want to mm-hmm. <laughs> actually look at that, but that is a huge thing. And if um, someone isn't as productive as they want to be, perfectionists love being productive. But again, the irony, they procrastinate a lot and they, they don't actually feel productive a lot of the time. Um, it's often because there's not enough clean rest. And so your brain, when you're trying to focus, is like, well, there's no break coming because you never give me a damn break. So I'm going to create one and right. just procrastinate and scroll through Instagram and whatever. So when you actually have the clean rest that you can do more in the time that you are actually working, like there's so many benefits to it, but we get scared of, well, I'm already not succeeding. I'm not doing good enough. Like we always focus on how we're not doing good enough in the perfectionist mindset. And if I work even less, I'm going to do less well. And so it can feel very scary, but um, related to this, there's so many things we could talk about, but ease is something that perfectionists, as much as they want everything to be natural and effortless, they really resist because if Mm -hmm. things are easy, we don't feel like we're deserving of it. And it feels like it might go away quickly because it came too easily. Other people are going to think certain things about it. So when we're trying to be productive all the time, and also we have this need for things not to be easy and we overthink things, we end up just expanding like Parkinson's law, task will expand to the time you allow it, just expanding it doing all of these different things that don't even take that long, but we feel like they have to take that long for them to be good. So there's a whole thing there as well in terms of relating back to surrender with ease and wanting things to be easy, 
but not actually allowing things to be easy. Fresh from San Diego, California comes the only sunglasses brand I am ever going to wear. Again, I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Blender's Eyewear. You're going to be just as hooked as I am when you see how awesome these shades are. And if you're on the Patreon, you can watch me wearing these in this very read so you can actually see how cute they are. I got glasses called Polished Gal and they have a cute little like cat wing upward tip at the sides, which, you know, gives you that nice little lift, little facelift. Botox effect, but they had so many cute glasses on the site, you guys. They have your classic ones, your stylish ones, your casual ones, your more fancy ones. Um, they're perfect to wear for all occasions. I wear mine in the car. I wear mine when I'm going out and I want to be stylish or if I'm just keeping it casual and cool. They're very versatile. Um, Blender started because a guy named Chase Fisher started selling his beachy shades out of a backpack while doubling as a surf instructor on Pacific Beach very Californian. His goal was to create an adventurous mid-priced eyewear option with the same cool factor as the other leading styles. Unlike big brand shades that you've probably lost or smashed in the past that are super expensive, blenders are actually affordable so you're not going to cry as much when the inevitable happens because let's be honest, we're always going to lose our sunglasses, smash them, run them over when we leave them on top of the car, get them sandy, get sunscreen on them, especially if you're, okay, these are like San Diego problems I'm thinking of, <laughs> or, you know, you're going to drop them, scratch them, like sunglasses, they just don't have a super long lifespan because they get wrecked. So why would you spend hundreds of dollars on a pair only to be sad later when you could just get blenders, which are just as gorgeous, just as high quality without the price. And Blender's team of in-house designers are constantly coming out with new styles from orange polarized wraparounds, tortoiseshell frames with purple lenses, and classic gold arms with black lenses. And it's not just sunglasses. Blender's has prescription glasses, readers, and blue light glasses, as well as snow collection with goggles and accessories. So live life in forward motion with Blender's. And if you guys want to get 15% off your Blender's purchase, just visit blenderseyewear.com and enter the promo code VIBIN, V-I-P, V-I-B-I-N, V-I-P. That's different than our normal one. So take a note. That's blenderseyewear.com with code VIBIN, V-I-P for 15% off your Blenders purchase. Blenders rocked with pride worldwide. Mm, yes. And I actually remembered what I was going to say because it kind of ties back to the whole surrender bit of I've noticed in my work with myself and working with others that a lot of the reason why we're so allergic to rest is because our nervous systems are really overstimulated. So we feel comfortable in the chaos, right? And it's actually super uncomfortable to be slow and to have stillness because your nervous system is just programmed at a million miles a minute because you've been practicing that for so many years for so long. So like, um, a body approach to perfectionism could be how can you create more safety in your body? How can you slow down your words? How can you slow down your breath? How can you slow down your movement so as to slow your nervous system to create more safety? Because when you feel more safe, then you can trust your life and yourself in the universe more, you're never going to trust when you're in a fearful state. But if you're in a more relaxed state, naturally in the body, which takes practice, if you've been practicing the opposite for forever, which most people listening to this have, then that's when it becomes 
much easier to practice surrender because you can actually like be a vibrational match to that. You're not moving a million miles a minute. Yeah. And perfectionists are really addicted to chaos because when we're so busy with things and we have so much on our plate, then if we fail at things, we can blame being busy and blame the chaos. And it feels so vulnerable. And I know this year, especially, I've really been able in my business to get to a point where I'm not in chaos and it feels really challenging to be in that. It's so much easier to be jumping from task to task to task, have all these things going on. And to be with that stillness is really uncomfortable. It's really new and it can be that we subconsciously just create chaos and which might be for example from procrastinating then there's a chaos of oh now I have this thing due and I have to put in this monumental effort at the last minute and now I'm burnt out and like all the chaos that comes with that we create that because as you said we've conditioned our bodies to just be always needing that chaos and like thriving on that like it feels like it thrives on that and to be not with that would be so uncomfortable so that's another huge part of it is in that clean rest time, especially, but also whenever we're doing other things to just allow things to be slow and easy and to notice that the world doesn't fall apart because (laughs) we kind of tell ourselves it's going to like, oh, actually things are still going well, but yeah, it's- Yeah, it's like exposure therapy, right? You have to (laughs) uh, lengthen your tolerance for rest. You have to lengthen your tolerance for not not doing things because the only way you're going to realize that you won't die is when you don't die, when you do it. (laughs) Because your ego is going to be like, if we do that, we're going to die. It's so different. We never done that before. And it's like, okay, if you can actually practice it more than once, you'll realize, oh, look at that. I didn't even die. It's all fine. I love that. And even the phrase tolerance for rest, only I feel a perfectionist would oh, be like, yeah, I need to like yeah. tolerance for rest. Other people would be like, what do you mean tolerance for rest? Don't you just want to rest? But we just have so many associations with rest, meaning not being productive, which will mean that we're not good enough. And then yes. we're going to Yes. Actually, Lindsay and I did a podcast on this a while back. So if you guys are resonating with this, like, I can't rest unapologetically, I can't have that clean rest that Sam is talking about, go back and listen to that episode, because we dove deep for like an hour into like, some perspective shifts to kind of help start you to allow doing that. Because really, the rest is a need. So if you don't consciously give yourself what you need and choose to rest, right, you're going to manifest that in other ways. Like you were saying, it's going to your mind's going to start resting when you're trying to work, you're going to make yourself sick, so you can have a week off, like it's going to manifest in not helpful ways. So your choice is to use your free will to choose rest or rest will choose you in whichever way it needs to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and when I'm working with my people, I sell them on clean rest as a tool to be more productive initially because they're like, oh, it works when you frame it like that. And then when they start doing it, it's like, hey, also these are all the other reasons that we want to do clean rest, like the identity stuff. Uh, But it really does make you more productive. And for me, when I was working in my business and I still had a part-time job and before that a full-time job, it felt like I don't even have time to take time off. Like, again, I'm already not doing as well as I could be. How could I take time off? But when you're allowing yourself and trying to get yourself to be productive all the time, it means there's no actual urgency or consequence for um, procrastination, for example. So when I had all weekend, all day on 
Saturday and Sunday to work on my business, I could spend three hours choosing a color for my website because I had the time. But when it was like, oh no, I actually need to take all of Saturday off and I only have say three hours or six hours on the Sunday, it was like, oh no, I actually have to do the things that matter. And so we end up creating much more success and being much more productive with that approach and having that constraint forces us to actually prioritize and do the scary things. And it also means that there's some kind of deadline of, well, I can't actually just do this tomorrow because classic perfectionist is always like, oh, tomorrow I'll do it then because I'll be more motivated. Oh, it's always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. And when you stop there from always being a tomorrow, it's like, no, I actually need to do this thing now. And when you're giving yourself that process praise and praising yourself for being courageous and for putting yourself out there and that kind of thing, it gets a lot easier, but it's very easy to be productive, quote unquote, without doing anything courageous or that will actually move the needle when we don't have clean rest because we're like, well, I have all the time in the world. So there's no reason not to spend 60 minutes writing an Instagram caption that I never post for example. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's hilarious that you talk about how you have to like trick your clients or sell them like on a certain perspective of the value of rest because they literally just cannot see it when they're stuck in their perfectionist ways. And that happened to me too. Like my practitioner that I work with, he was like, think of rest as like, you're a part of your business strategy. Like with the rest, that's when you the inspirational ideas for the next book or the next course or the next thing come to you. And this is true because every time I went on like vacation and I like really made it clean and I was like, I'm not going to work. This is going to be great. I'm going to relax. I'm going to have fun. I would get so inspired and get all these downloads for everything I wanted to do next in my business. And when he was like, just think of rest as a part of your business plan. I was like, oh, okay. And then it became more acceptable in my mind. So when you said that, I was just like cracking up. I was like, oh yes, that has been me as well. (laughs) Well, I'm loving this conversation. I definitely want to continue it over on the Patreon. So if you guys are not on the Patreon, get your booties over there. It's patreon.com slash high vibe. And that's where we post all our extended episodes. You can watch this interview in video format. Sometimes we do zoom meetups, which by the time this airs, we will have just done a fun little zoom party live with you guys on April 14th. And we give extra goodies and bonuses to all our Patreon peeps. So go over there, check it out. That's where we will continue this conversation. And Sam, before we wrap things up, can you just give people a little more info on where to find you, how to work with you and any more resources you want them to know about? Yeah, for sure. I think the podcast, my podcast would be the best place to find me if they can resonate with what I'm talking about. So it's called The Perfectionism Project. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Otherwise, the best place would be to go to Instagram. I'm at Sam Laura Brown and find me there. And yeah, those are the two best places. Yay. Okay, guys, you heard it here. Start there. Start small. You can do it. We're all recovering perfectionists on this podcast today. Me, Lindsay, Sam, we feel your pain. We know the struggle. We are very intimate with this aspect of life and how it can be detrimental at times. So good to reevaluate things. Choose with your free will. Live a more empowered, conscious life. And on that note... Um, any other announcements I got to think? 
I think we're mostly good. I'm enrolling people for my radical self-love retreat, which will help to soothe your nervous system. And we can definitely do some parts work around your inner critic, your inner perfectionist. A lot of the ladies who come to this retreat, of course, are like that because I'm like that. So it just works out (laughs) that you can bond with other people who are just like you in paradise, do some healing work, have a margarita. It's a great time. So you can check it out at kelseyaida.com slash retreat. And until next week, we love you guys so much. Lindsay says goodbye in spirit. I will say it for her and yeah, have a great week. We'll see you on the Patreon. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode. If you love High Vibe in it, become a part of our Patreon family. You can support the show, see the extended version of this episode, get bonus content and access exclusive discounts head over to patreon.com slash high vibe to join. We have tons of perks waiting there for you and we're always hanging out in there. So we hope to see you inside. Please feel free to share the show and help us spread the high vibes far and wide. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you feel inspired to leave a review, we always appreciate it. See you next week.